Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hey NASCAR fans, welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with the fabulous three that we like to call Tam, Renee, and my man Kenny. How you guys doing today? Hot as hell. <laughs> <laughs> you can say that again, Tam. <laughs> yes, so before we got on this podcast, we were having a discussion about the heat and we were comparing the heat in Daytona versus the heat in Los Angeles versus the heat in Las Vegas versus the heat in Dubai. and Versus the heat in Alabama. And Kenny is a youngin, and you know, he hasn't seen the world just yet. He's been a few places, but he hasn't been a lot of places. And he had the nerves to compare Alabama weather to Las Vegas. So if you are listening and you've been to Las Vegas right now, because I checked the weather in Las Vegas, the projection for the entire week is going to be 115, 114, 113, 112, and 111. And yes, in that order, it's only My dropping goodness. one degrees each day. Now, if you've been to Vegas, you know you're hot and sweaty outside, and then you go in the casino, and that cold air conditioner hits that sweat, and you have the chills. Now, my man... <laughs> Renee knows this better than anybody because I'm sure you're on the stage, Renee, and you're doing your comedy show and you're sweating because of all the lights. And then you come off and you're like, what the hell is this air conditioner? But I don't yeah. know, Renee, how was your weekend? Well, my weekend was fantastic, to be honest with you. Friday didn't do much of anything, kind of just stayed home. And I, I worked all that day at the hos- at one of the hospitals. I worked over at the VA. Uh, taking care of the vets there on Friday. Um, and then I got home and, uh, literally just, I, I, I think I ate something and then just fell asleep early. And mainly because Saturday I had went down to Huntington Beach down here, right outside of LA County there. And, uh, we, we had a little small get together for a buddy, uh, birthday. And I pretty much stayed at the beach all day. I got burnt, uh, got a new tan, but it was just tiring. I think anybody who's ever been to the beach, it's just tiring just being out there. The sun beats on you, going back and forth between the water and then back to wherever you're sitting. And then today, I just, I mean, I just couldn't get up. And I, I think I got up because I left, I left my keys somewhere. I had to get a buddy of mine to take me to go get them. But other than that, that was pretty much my weekend. So, um, it, it was pretty much well, well relaxed, uh, other than that Saturday. Kenny, what say you? What did you do this weekend? My weekend was actually pretty chill. I helped my, my little brother um, moved into his apartment this weekend down in Winston-Salem. He goes to Winston-Salem State University. Don't know if y'all know, uh, that's where Stephen A. Smith went to school at. So, oh, right. uh, yeah. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. So I saw my parents this weekend, which were pretty cool. They gave me a couple gifts, one that I actually have been looking for for quite some time. I don't know if y'all know, I am obviously of age, so <laughs> my parents know I was looking for Crown Royal Peach, and they only made a few... I don't know, thousands of however many bottles, but for whatever reason, you can't get it almost anywhere. It's hard to find. I couldn't find it even here in the South, which is weird, right? You would think something like that's easy to find. Couldn't find it, but of course, my mom surprised me with it, so pretty happy about that. That was pretty cool. And of course, once again, just for all the folks on Twitter as well, and anybody else for that matter, thank you for all the birthday wishes. I really do appreciate it. But other than that, my weekend was pretty chill. 
again, never to compare to Renee's weekend, who seems to have a ever wonderful <laughs> and eventful weekend every time, no matter what, pandemic or not. <laughs> but I feel like we're kind of even. Renee's life is not as exciting as it used to be. He's joined the common folk. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? He's going to I, the beach on the weekend. That's some common stuff. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Like, so that's calm. When, when, for, and that's I can't even begin to tell you when's the last time I went to the beach. Man, it's been a while for myself, honestly. It's been a real long time since I've been to a beach. Well, I tried to go to the beach on Friday, and unfortunately, I had to act a fool and blow the horn because only fools blow the horn at the beach when people live on the boardwalk because there are homes that are beachfront homes on the boardwalk. And unfortunately, somebody was blocking the parking lot, and the guy behind me, he was in a really nice Jeep Wrangler. I saw him get out, and I was like, he means business. So he wanted to know who was blocking the parking from moving, you know, the I guess it's not the driveway, but sometimes the parking lot is small. So people will, well, it's not small. I guess it's narrow and it's long. So sometimes people will block the flow of traffic waiting on the park. But the guy got out behind me and I knew he meant business and he wanted to know who was blocking the flow of traffic. So he said they were about to move. I said, great. He got back in. Next thing I know, because it was like four cars in front of us and about 30 behind him, we moved one car length and stopped again. And I started blowing the horn and I felt bad because even though it's the beach, it's still residential because people live on the boardwalk. And I'm just not rude, but I'm impatient. So I blew the horn and I didn't even end up staying at the beach because I didn't have time to deal with parking. So that was that. And I will probably <laughs> go to the beach in a couple of weeks when I go out. But if I don't, I don't. If I do, when you build up patience, yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay, NASCAR talk. I guess we'll jump right into it. I think Let's we're going to make this episode brief. I say that every week, but for sure this time. We have a lot to cover. Just a quick rundown of some of the things that we will be discussing. We will give you the top 10 for the first ever NASCAR Cup road course at Daytona. We will talk about the AJ Allmendinger and Justin Allgaier. I don't know. It's not really a brush up. It was a face up because that's all that happened. And it wasn't even a face up because one person still had on their helmet. One was like, basically, it happened. I apologize. Get out my face. Keep it moving. We'll also talk (laughs) about Kyle Busch who wrecked at the end of the cup race. It's like, I'm going to take Jimmy Johnson's nickname, can't get right, and give it to Kyle because Kyle cannot get right. And it's starting to be a little bit frustrating because we expect more from our reigning NASCAR champion. Yeah, Bubba, we will talk about Bubba, but this time it won't be any racial stuff. It will actually be about some new sponsors that are on board with him. <sighs> Got to talk about NBC's coverage of the Daytona road course. Pissed a lot of people off, including myself. Austin Dillon, yeah. he had a positive COVID test, so he did not race. And there was someone else in the number three who actually finished seventh place. Yeah. Mark Andretti, you know, the Andretti, Andretti guys, you know, Marco, oh, sorry, Marco Andretti, you know, the Andrettis. Marco hasn't lived up to the Andretti name, at least in my opinion, but he did capture the (laughs) Indy 500 pole. So he will be sitting on the pole and he will 
be in the number one spot when the Indy 500 takes off next week. And there's a new team coming to NASCAR as well as we are gearing up for a double header at Dover and there are only three races remaining for the NASCAR regular season. So those are just some of the things that we are going to talk about. So to get you guys started, let me give you guys a top 10 on the Daytona road course race. Chase Elliott won and of course the alarm was sounded. Can you say sounded? They sound the alarm. I think that's the way you say it. They sound the alarm in his hometown in Georgia. Denny Hamlin, because, you know, we just do not do any top tens without covering a Hamlin or a Harvick in the top five. We won't be talking about Harvick because he didn't even come in top 10, but Hamlin did manage a P2 finish. Martin Truex third, Jimmy Johnson fourth. Jimmy got right with a top five finish for the Daytona road course. Chris Buescher came in fifth. Clint Boyer came in sixth. Kez, as in Kez Grella. I think I said his name right. He was the guy who replaced Austin Dillon in the number three. He came in seventh. William Byron came in eighth. So that is not bad for Hendrick Motorsports. They had three drivers in the top 10. Joy Logano came in ninth and Michael McDowell came in 10th. Notables, Matt Kenseth, because you guys already know Matt Kenseth is going to be a notable the rest of the season. He came in 26th. Kyle Busch is a notable because he came in 37th after wrecking with less, I believe it was five laps to go when he wrecked. And as I read in one article, he just had a miserable damn day. (laughs) They didn't say damn. (laughs) I just added the damn. Bubba, I'll say he's a notable because he came in 25th and this was his debut for his sponsor, DoorDash. So I'm sure it wasn't the position and the finish that they had hoped for, but it is what it is. So do you guys want to further talk about Bubba? Any thoughts about the Daytona road course? Kenny, Renee, jump in. Because like I said, I'm not going to do all the talk in this episode. So what say you? (laughs) Well, we can start it off with Bubba. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the DoorDash sponsorship is pretty cool because he got that announced this week. And I actually think that paint scheme itself was pretty good. Of course, the 25th position isn't exactly what they may or may have not been looking for. But of course, late in the race, he was actually in the top 10 up until him and Joey Logano had got tangled up just a little bit. And it was enough to shuffle him back from 8th to 25th. So that's an unfortunate deal. And that's just kind of the nature of at least what we saw all weekend for the most part, is when the restarts come, especially late in the race, obviously you're trying to get all you can get. So, you know, that's a that's a pretty tough deal when it comes to that. But DoorDash will be on the car for five more races this season, which is uh, pretty cool in that, in that regard. So, yeah, you know, tough, tough finish, but still cool to get a brand new sponsor on board and, and a mainstream one at that. Yeah, yeah and he I also think... signed a deal with Columbia, right? Columbia Sports. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, that yeah, yeah, that's what I thought too. That's what I was going to say. Yep, that same Columbia brand, which is a popular jacket brand, if I'm not mistaken, and quite a few other things they have. I think outdoors in general. Um, but they'll be on the car next week at, or this coming week at uh, Dover. So that'll be pretty cool to see. Not sure what it looks like yet. I assume that's something that'll come out probably during the week or so. And then we'll see how it looks. But again, I like the DoorDash car. So let's see what Columbia's got next. Kenny's a young buck, but Renee may remember this. Well, you're from Texas, so you may not. But Columbia Sportswear is old school. 
And for any of our listeners who are from a certain era, certain generation, you may remember Helly Hansen, um, Eddie Bauer, Columbia. That was that era. I want to say maybe late 90s, early 2000s, if I'm Helly not Hansen mistaken. Helly Hansen too? Yeah, that sounds about right. What was that, Renee? No, I said that sounds about right. I think it was probably more late 90s than it was early 2000s. Because I remember during that era, we wore Tommy Hilfiger. We wore Nautica. Obviously, Nautica was a boating yacht type of sportswear, but, you know, right. we made it popular. There was Tommy Hilfiger, Nautica, Columbia, Helly Hansen. Oh, God. Eddie Bauer. Yeah, Eddie I don't ba- even know if was, Eddie was Bauer Polo, is still in business. Was, was Polo part of that? Yeah, Polo. But we, so at that point, at least I know for my era, we weren't rocking polo polo. We were rocking the RL or the um, polo 2000 line, which was a, a whole different thing in itself. And I think I mentioned this once before on the, on the podcast, but if you haven't, make sure to watch the documentary Ralph Lauren that's on HBO, I believe. It is so great on how he built a lifestyle brand. It's really, truly an amazing story in branding. And this guy, he comes from immigrant parents, raised in New York City and fell in love with his dream girl. And it, I mean, he built a really crazy brand. It is really good. So shout out to Ralph Lauren and the documentary. (laughs) I'm surprised at Helly Hansen, though. That's what I'm surprised you just said, because that's like actually a very, very popular um, jacket brand, especially in the DMV. For those that don't know, that's D.C., Maryland, Virginia, not the Department of Motor Vehicles. People <laughs> love Helly Hansen. Since I was in high school, I promise you, you go down a hallway, somebody's got a Helly Hansen on, whatever khaki pants, and some Nike phone <laughs> posits. That was like the thing. And I think still now, it is pretty much like that. If it ain't phone posits, it's probably a pair of Jordans, if that's the case. But yeah, I, I didn't know Helly Hansen was goes back like that that far i had no idea but yeah, yeah it's, it's incredibly popular in the dmv like that's a that's a household name i mean here's <laughs> Still the thing to you have day. to think about kenny you're a young buck so let me just school you there was a time <laughs> where people walked around with carhartt on and carhartt was actually a gear for people who did construction but it became popular so people wore carhartt and i feel like this was before timberland's because Timberland had his day too, although Timberland is still around. But yeah, Carhartt, it was so many of those type of brands that were either, they weren't brands that were made for the kid in high school or the kid in junior high, what have you, but they just, for whatever reason, became popular. I mean, I will date myself, don't Google this, but for a <laughs> California kid, you know about Maui and Sun if you are from the surfer generation there was maui and sun and uh, obviously op which came back ocean pacific it, it made a comeback at one point but op maui and sun and vans were the thing for the west coast and there's something else i'm forgetting that was really popular it's something that was a brand that was a competitor brand with maui and sun but yeah east coast i obviously lived on both so i understand what was being worn on that end but california we were like free vans and op and maui and son like that's what we what we rocked but okay i know you guys are like what does this have to do with nascar 
Not a damn thing. <laughs> so one thing, though, I will say about the Columbia deal that Bubba has, what's really interesting is it when it was first announced, most people thought automatically, oh, he's coming back to Richard Petty. But from my understanding, the deal is with Bubba. So if Bubba decides to go, he can take the sponsorship. Yeah, that is but, correct. It's just Yeah, but it doesn't deal. seem like he's going anyplace, so. We'll see. That is that. Anything else, Renee? Did you want to say anything about the Daytona Road Course? Your boy Jimmy? Uh, you know what? I did actually want to give a shout out to uh, Jimmy Johnson for actually starting to get right. I mean, he's 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 not you know uh, pulling a Kyle Bush, obviously, but um, it was nice to see Jimmy Johnson back in the top five, and especially at a road course. I I would have never thought top five at a road course so much if he was going to win or or do a top five. I thought it would have been like maybe somewhere like Texas or or even Arizona, but. It was good to see uh, my boy Jimmy Johnson back at the top five. I know we've talked about this many a times, uh, Tam, about like, are you a fan of road course? Are you not a fan of road course? And sometimes I find myself telling myself, what, how, how are people fans of road courses? I just don't understand. And then there's times where I'm like, you know what? I, I guess they're not so bad. And, and I, I just can't seem to figure out where I, where I feel about road courses as compared to just regular, uh, you know, other tracks, but. I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. I don't know. Maybe that was just me being weird. No, I felt the same way because as you guys know, five years ago, I think I did a whole podcast episode. Me and Renee talked about how I personally was anti-road courses, but I don't feel that way anymore. But I will tell you, I was somewhat tuned out of today's race. I know it was so much hype. Maybe my attention was just on something else. I It was on, but I went to the kitchen and got me some ginger snaps. Then I went to the kitchen and made me some tacos. <laughs> Although I thought the race went by quick, I definitely was multitasking, which is usually unlike me. I, If I'm not napping, I give NASCAR 100% of my attention. Now, what did piss me off, and we will wrap on all the Daytona talk, what pissed me off was NBC. NBC just made me upset as well as a bunch of other people. There was no post-race coverage. In fact, they didn't even tell you the top 10. It was like Chase Elliott. I think they got to number four, Jimmy Johnson. And then it was just done. It wasn't no sign off. It just cut to a AAA commercial. Of course, most people was like, okay, because the race was on NBC. So you automatically switch to NBC Sports to find out, nah, it's a whole hockey game going on over there. So that was that. And as we tweeted from our Twitter account, so shout out to our social media. Make sure you guys follow us. You can find us across the board at Turns No Breaks on the Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. The tweet went like this. First, NBC didn't show the time clock for a Harvick pit stop. It's important to some. Then they cut to commercial before the stage was over. Didn't see the top 10. And then they didn't show the top 10 finishes from today's race. And then no post-race show. And then dot, 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 hashtag WTF. And you guys know what that means. Hashtag NASCAR. And a lot of people chimed in and I saw other tweets and people were upset. They got to get right. That was just wrong. And especially because Chase Elliott, like that's NASCAR's most popular driver. Did you not think people wanted to see the celebration? And again, I understand why it didn't show on NBC Sports because you're in the middle of a big hockey playoff game. But really, you didn't show the race so we can see a AAA commercial? Like, I feel like everybody in America has AAA. 
I don't need <laughs> to see an info commercial, but that's just me. Okay, moving on. Uh, I, I feel like, do we need to talk about the dust up between AJ, Amadinger, and Justin Allgaier? Uh, I no? mean, I, I guess we could roll with it. I just want to say one, two quick things, actually. About the road course. I, I thought overall it was actually pretty good. I, I thought it, well, not the best. It, it was decent, right? I think maybe like a lot of people, we wish the chicane coming out of turn, out of NASCAR turns for, I think people probably didn't want that to happen. I understand why it was there for safety, but I think it kind of dampered that. And I think also the hype factor came in was the fact that we were expecting rain, even though we got quite a bit of it over, you know, a few days that we were there for a Daytona. We didn't really get that. I think if we had rain in the equation for that one, it would have been way better. I also wish that the option was the smaller blade and the high horsepower and the lower downforce package, because I think that's what kind of ruined a little bit of what could have been better. And then it, it was just, you know, it was cool. And it kind of sucked that it got cut off right as, you know, Chase Elliott was getting ready to celebrate. We didn't get to really you know, kind of enjoy that moment. And sometimes we catch crazy moments in the post-race, like what happened with AJ and Justin. It wasn't super crazy, but you get what I'm saying. Sometimes we miss those moments just because of stuff like that. But at least to my understanding, I thought that with when it comes to the NBC, affil- like NBC and their affiliates, is that they can go a little bit past something late and bring somebody in. I've seen it done before more than once. So I was pretty shocked by that. That was pretty strange. I know we've had an abbreviated post-race show a lot a lot of times since the pandemic has started and things have went from all right congratulations boom 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 and we're out and we're rolling to the next thing or it's a replay of the race that kind of sucks but yeah you know that's just my thoughts on that but then my last thing is Kyle Busch right I know people and including us on here are pretty are pretty surprised by the fact that he hasn't won anything yet right the entire year it's kind of strange at least on the cup side right but my thing is to anybody that thinks like he has fallen off a cliff or he's just like absolutely terrible for whatever reason, it happens. Like it's just something that's just going to happen in a driver's career. I mean, we look, I can look at two seven time champions and I can point out times where they just didn't, they just didn't have it all year long. Dale won in 1990 and 1991. In 1992, he finished 12th in the points, but guess what? 93 and 94, he won back to back titles and 94 was the seventh. And then just, even for Richard Petty, who was obviously considered the GOAT to most people because he won 200 races. In his last eight years in Cup, he didn't win a damn thing, right? But that doesn't make mean he's terrible. I mean, just things happen like that. And again, some people just fall off a little bit differently than others. But Kyle, for him, I would look at more to Dale Earnhardt because he's still in his career, in the prime at that. If he has a bad year this year and he doesn't do as well, so be it. I mean, hell... He's clear to make the playoffs as of now. And going into that, what if he just turns it on like he did when he came back from broken legs in yeah, 2015 and won the championship? That that can happen. If you turn it on at the right time, especially with these playoff format, then you're good to go. And that's all that matters at that point. Because once September hits and we go to Darlington and from then on out to November, that's where it's going to matter the most. you know. And that's, that's kind of what it is. This is how it is now. Well, as of now, he's still in the playoffs, and I don't really see anything changing that in the next three races. So it's got to have a know. terrible three races to, for that to happen. It, it's possible, but it has to be. I three mean, yeah, it would have to be races. three DNFs, I believe. Right? Yeah, but, I think that's yeah. what it would take. Yeah, we we got a saying in comedy, and and the saying is, "It's not always how you start, 
but it's definitely how you finish. And that could be definitely true in this particular case for Kyle. Yeah, indeed. I feel like there was something I wanted to add, but maybe it's not important because I forgot. So on that note, let's talk about what? I read off all the stuff we were going to talk about, and now I'm like, what are we going to talk about? New team. <laughs> you want to talk about the new team that's supposed oh, to be yeah, coming? Oh, yeah, we can talk about the new teams coming in. Kenny, I'll let you cover that. <laughs> so um, Justin Marks, who is a former NASCAR driver, he won an Xfinity in 2018 at Road America, in case you guys don't know that, he raced for a little bit of time in IMSA and some other other series. And actually, I've raced at this place in, in a go-kart. He owns GoPro Motorplex alongside with Michael McDowell. It's up in Morrisville, pretty close to the junior shop, actually. But he's supposed to be starting a brand new team coming in 2021 with a brand new car. Um, well, not, not coming in 2021. He's going to plan to get his team ready for that. So then they can move on to 2022 for when we get the brand new car. And I guess that's their philosophy is to enter in the Cup Series, which at least a lot of people are saying that this is going to be a better barrier for new owners to get into. I guess it's going to be much cheaper. So they're going to roll that way. And it's supposed to be called Trackhouse. I don't know if that's going to be Trackhouse Motorsport or just Trackhouse by itself yet, but we'll see as time moves on. But I guess Justin wants to make a move. And I think He's a pretty business savvy guy. As a matter of fact, he's mainly an entrepreneur versus being a full time race car driver. That's more so his dig. So he understands the business side of things. And I think this will be something interesting. And I do wonder as we get to the new car, how many more teams are we going to get? Are we going to get another? T- I don't expect it to be an influx, but are we going to get more teams now? Because apparently the next gen is a little bit more cost friendly. So. We'll see how that goes, but I'm pretty intrigued anytime we get a chance to see a brand new team. Yeah, I was reading something about something. I forgot. So, <laughs> well, I'm not going to edit that out either. I literally was going to say something about the new teams and I forgot. Maybe I'll think about it before <laughs> the podcast is over. But until that time, uh, I think that's pretty much it. We have three remaining races which includes a a Dover doubleheader. We can talk about predictions. And I guess, should we give our Indy 500 predictions as well? I will already warn you guys, you know who I'm going to pick. It is my baby boo thing for Indy, but I'll give you guys my predictions in a bit. So on that (laughs) note, oh, Austin Dillon, I I guess I covered that. He tested positive and his yeah. replacement came in seventh in the tweet. Right. Yeah, I think I covered everything because yeah, I talked too did. much. I'm long-winded. Mm-hmm. We got them all. Okay. Check them all off. <laughs> yeah, we got them all. It is time for some predictions. It's time for race predictions. Renee, who you got? All right. So, um, God, I can't believe we we're already down to the last three. I guess that did go by pretty fast. I think what I'm going to do here is I'm going to – God, man uh, – you know, I kind of had an idea of who I wanted to go with. And, uh, for some reason, uh, cause I, I mean, you guys know when I do my predictions, I usually like to just go off of vibes, but for some reason, I know I went kind of off the grid last week. I think I'm not going to go off the grid so much this week. I'm going to actually go with a driver that I've picked before in the past. I'm, I'm going to go with Brad Keselowski on this one. I don't know why. I'm just, I'm feeling Brad Keselowski on this one. Brad Keselowski is going to be my winner. And believe it or not, my alternative pick is going to be a little interesting because I'm actually going to go with his teammate, Joey Logano. If, if, if Brad doesn't come out with this win, don't be surprised if Joey Logano comes out and sneaks out a win in this one. 
So those are my picks. I'm sticking with them. Kenny, who you got? Well, Renee, before you go to Kenny, because we're doing a double header, so that means oh. there's two races. We made oh, this that's... mistake last week or week before last, too, just FYI. I think it was the, the week before. Yeah, I think it was the week before. So who do you have for the second race? Or do you just want to flop your... Actually, we'll just... That's exactly what I was going to do. Okay, cool. So our winner for the first race is our winner, and then our, our tar- alternative is our alternative. Oh, my God, that's right. a tongue twister. And then... <laughs> Just flip that around for the second race. So, Kenny, yeah. who do you have as your pick and alternative? Who will be your alternative winner? Blah, you get what I'm saying. Look. <laughs> See, I was just going to make it, try and make it easy as possible. I was just going to say my Saturday winner and my Sunday winner. Maybe that'll Okay, help. well, you can um, do that. It's your prerogative. It's your show. Boom. That's <laughs> so, we're heading to Dover. This will actually be the 101 hundred first, yeah, hundred first race at Dover coming up this weekend, and a hundred second, so that's pretty crazy. So for me, I'm actually gonna go with for Saturday's race this past weekend's winner. I'm going with Chase Elliott. He's also won there in the past. He won there in 2018. Then on Sunday, I'm going with Kevin Harvick. It's been a little while since he has won there, but I think he can do it again. I feel like the Fords have been typically pretty fast at Dover, so. Those are going to be my picks for this doubleheader weekend. So that being said, Miss Tam, what are your picks? Jimmy Johnson for Saturday. And my alternative pick is Kevin Harvick for Saturday. For Sunday, my pick is Kevin Harvick. And my alternative is Denny Hamlin. Wow. There. Are we going to give the uh, indie picks or no? Oh, and because I was the one who said, let's give our indie picks. And then just that fast <laughs> forgot, I'm going with my baby boo. You already know. What's his name? <laughs> say his name. Say his name. <laughs> say his name. Say his name. Say his name. <laughs> Joseph Newgarden is my pick to win the Indy 500. I'm not even going to give an alternative because I'm rolling with my baby boot thing. <laughs> yeah. You know what, Tim? I'm, I'm actually going to, uh, I'm going to ride on that train too. I, I, I'm, I'm going with him as my winner as well. And I'm not even going to pick an alternative pick. Kenny, who you, who you got on this whole thing? <laughs> Man, I got the same two people. I got to do something different. So I'm rolling with Scott Dixon. Easy. Oh, okay. Scott is a good pick. That That is a good pick. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, I mean, here's me, the funny you're... thing is Marco <laughs> is on the pole and he did drive, what, 233 miles per hour? Like he was pretty fast. I think yeah. it was more than that. But none you of us picked him. You can never count him out. <laughs> I never count yeah. out Scott Dixon. <laughs> Oh, I was going to say, uh, first of all, when you was like, you can never count him out, I was thinking, you should see my face. I was like, Marco? <laughs> all right. Yeah, Scott, all right. Different no, case okay, you for Marco. About Scott Dixon. Yeah. No, Scott, <laughs> Scott is a winner. Okay, those are our picks. There you guys go. Those are our picks. What say you, NASCAR fans, uh, indie fans, if you got uh, a pick that you would like to share with us, uh, hit us up on our social media, at Turns No Breaks across the board. That's at Turns No Breaks. And we always appreciate you guys tuning in and supporting uh, our podcast uh, each and every week. And uh, we certainly do really, really appreciate that. If you have any friends out there that love NASCAR just as much as you do, just as much as we do, please turn them on to our podcast. And we would certainly appreciate that as well. For Tam, Kenny, myself, please uh, take care of yourselves, take care of your family, be kind to each other, wear a mask if you have to, and uh, just be safe. Thank you for tuning in, and we will see you next week on another episode of All Turns No Breaks. I cannot believe the playoffs are almost here. Playoffs? Right, playoffs. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in. 